With Hashem's assistance, you're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's great help in Ramat Pishemesh Israel 57, 69, 2008. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Lech Lecha. We have the beginning of the saga, the story of Abraham, of Avram Avinu, our forefather Abraham and Sarah Himenu, our great-great-grandmother Sarah. And there are a number, this, story, the, this week's Parsha is really packed with a number of different stories that occur to Avram Avinu. And I'd like to focus on a few different points in the Parsha, and I'd like to tie them together with a very important yesod, a very important fundamental idea. We're going to start off with asking some questions, pointing out some things in the Parsha, and Emir Hashem, God willing, will give a beautiful understanding of what's going on in the Parsha. The first point that I'd like to make is more of a general question, and the question has to do with who was Avraham, what did he accomplish, what was his purpose? What was he known for? So if you ask the average person, what did Abraham do? What was his accomplishment? So most people would say he developed the concept of monotheism. He's the one who brought monotheism into the world, a world filled with paganism. He is the one who taught to the whole world that there's one God. However, that's not precisely true, because we know, of course, that Noah was ten generations before Noah believed in one God. In fact, he spoke directly to God. He was a prophet. He spoke to God. And God spoke to him. And so already we see that that Noah predated him as far as being somebody. And Noah was still alive at the time of Abraham, which is important to note. Another thing that we know is that Noah's son, Shem, so Shem also, he had his own yeshiva, his own place of learning, teaching people about God, that there's one God. And not only that, but Shem's grandson or great-grandson, Aver, so he also, Shem and Aver, there was a yeshiva called Shem and Aver, and that existed still in the time of Abraham, and it existed even after Abraham's time, in fact, Yaakov of Vino, our forefather Jacob, so he actually went to that yeshiva, the yeshiva of Aver. So, to say that Abraham was the one who introduced us to the concept of monotheism is not accurate, it's not true, because it existed before. What was Abraham's chilish? What was his novelty? What was he bringing into the world that didn't exist before? What was the new thing that he was teaching? That's the first question. The next important point is that at the beginning of this week's passage, we, we really get introduced to the stories of Avraham, of Abraham. And the stories begin with God telling Abraham, Lech Lecha, go to Israel. Go away from the land where you were born, away from the, the place of your parents' house, and go to the land that I'm going to show you, go to Israel. And so at which point in Abraham's life did this happen? This actually happened when he was 75 years old. So the question becomes, why is the Torah starting the narrative of Abraham telling us the stories about his life when he's 75 years old? What happened previous to that? Why doesn't the Torah give us any kind of indication of what happened before? And the truth is, though, if we read carefully what happens, God says to Abraham, He says, Lech lecha, go, go to Israel. What does Avram do? So it says, the verse says, that he takes with him his wife and his nephew Lot, and all of the souls that he made in Haran, all of these people that he brought closer to God. We see already at this point, we see a little hint to that which was taking place before, and that was that Abraham, even previous to his commandment by God to go to Israel, he was already involved in bringing people close to God. It's clear, it's clear that he was involved in that. So why is the Torah, why is the Torah almost silent? almost completely silent on what he was doing before. Why does the Torah begin the story of Abraham, the greatness of Abraham, only at this point? Why doesn't it tell us anything about before? If anything, it should start already saying, you know, Abraham was already calling out in the name of God. He was already trying to bring people close to God, to bringing people to recognize that there is only one God in the world. That was something that he'd been, he'd been working on for many years previous. Why does the Torah, why is the Torah silent on that? Why does the Torah begin at this point telling us where God said that he should go to Israel? Why is that the starting point in what would seem to be the career of Abraham.
The third point that I'd like to make that needs explanation is at the very end of the parish, at the very end of this week's portion. So we find that God changes the name of Avram to Avraham, and He changes the name of Sarai to Sarah. And basically what happens is there's an addition of the letter He. Avram became Avraham. That's an extra He. Sarai became Sarah. The question is, what is the significance of this letter He? Why is it specifically the letter He that gets added here? And how does it connect with the other issues that we've brought up until now? So to begin with, we need to start by understanding something fundamental about Abraham, about Avram Avinu. What was his special mida? What was his special character trait? And that was chesed. Abraham, the paradigm of Abraham represents the concept of chesed, kindness. Now one of the amazing things about Abraham, about Avram Avinu, was that the way that he came across the concept of God, so to speak, the way that he discovered God, he didn't learn it from the yeshiva of Shem and Aver, and he didn't learn it from Noah. He discovered it on his own. How did he discover it? Because he was able to look around at the world and see that there's an overriding factor of kindness, of goodness in the world. And he realized that that goodness had to come from somewhere. Just like a building has to have a builder. So Abraham realized that the world had to have a builder. And what he also realized with that recognition was that this builder, he didn't just create the world and let it go and allow it to move on its own and all of a sudden say he doesn't care about the world. But rather, every single moment Abraham saw, every single moment God is intimately involved in the world. God is giving the heartbeat to a human being. God is giving the breath to a human being. God is constantly recreating the world, constantly giving life, giving sustenance to every single creature in the entire world. That was the recognition that Abraham had. And because of that recognition that he had, he realized that he also, in order to be a great person, he wanted to be like God. And what that meant to be like God was that he also had to personally go out and do kindness, to do chesed, to bring more kindness down into the world as a vehicle for God's kindness. And that was the Chiddush of Abraham. That was the novelty. That's the new thing that he brought into the world. But what the effect of that was, was even greater because what he realized was in order to bring out the greatest kindness, the greatest kindness he realized is the ultimate closeness to God. The greatest kindness is for someone to be turned on to God, to be connected to God. So that's what led him to, to take it a step further than shame and Aver. What were they doing? Shame and Aver, they had their little yeshiva, that little place where people could come to learn about God. where anyone who was interested, so they would come to that yeshiva, to that place of learning. But they were not going out, they were not trying actively to bring others close to God. That was Abraham's chiddush. Avram Avinu, the novelty of Avram Avinu was he realized that it's not enough for someone to have to come to you in order to learn about God. He realized that it's also necessary for someone to go out and teach people about God, to bring people under the kanfei under the wings of the Divine Presence. And that's the ultimate kindness, to teach people about how great God is, and thereby teach people about how great God's kindness is, and how important it is for others to do kindness as well. That was the goal of Abraham. Now, this helps us to understand the first question. What was the chiddush? What was the novelty that Abraham accomplished, call it, or that he brought into the world that wasn't there before? The novelty was kindness, chesed. And that required that he go beyond what Shem and Abraham had done and what Noah had done and not limit himself to only teach those who would come to him, but rather to actually go out there and teach the world. Now, but that brings us back to our second question because it makes our question even stronger. Because if 
Abraham's great accomplishment was to teach the world about kindness, to teach the world about God, to go out there and teach people about connecting to spirituality. If that was the greatness of Abraham, why is the Torah silent on the beginning of his life where he started to work on that? Why does the Torah only begin to speak about God's commandment to him, Lech Lecha, go out, bring all those people that you've already created, bring all of those people that you've already brought close to me, Go to the land of Israel. Why is that where the Torah starts telling us the story of Abraham? Why is that the significant moment in his life? Another important question that we need to ask at this point is, it's clear, it seems very clear, that there was something significant and pivotal about the fact that he had to go to Israel. What's the significance of going to the land of Israel? Why did God specifically want him to continue his mission and to fulfill his mission specifically in Israel? So to begin to answer this question, we need to understand something that our sages tell us. Our sages say that the land of Israel has a very special character to it. The land of Israel is actually a vessel, a kli, through which all of the divine shefa, all of the divine emanations come through. And the way they express this is as follows. There's something called the Evan HaShesiyah, the foundation stone. This foundation stone is actually on the Harabayas, on the Temple Mount on Mount Moriah, right next to where the Kotel is. And that foundation stone is actually, it's called Evan HaShesiyah, because from there all of the sustenance that goes to the entire world comes through that stone. In fact, the original creation of the world happened through the Evan HaShesiyah. First God created that stone, and then He drew out from that stone all of creation from that place and what that means is when God sends the divine emanations that give sustenance to the entire world he sends it through that stone and from there it goes to the entire world and the ramifications of this statement of our Chazal of our sages are very important because what it teaches us is that whatever is going on in the land of Israel directly and completely affects the entire world however the people of Israel let's say are behaving in the land of Israel so that's what's going to affect the entire world this also explains why the Torah, so many times the Torah tells us that if we don't behave properly in Israel, the, the land itself is going to spit us out. Heaven forbid, if we don't do what we're supposed to do, if we act in a way that's copying the nations around us, so then what's going to happen is we're going to get completely thrown out of the land of Israel. What's the explanation for it? And the answer is, because whatever is going on in Israel is affecting the entire world. When we don't do what we're supposed to do, that's going to have a negative impact on the entire world as well. Now the converse of that is whenever we behave properly in the land of Israel, when we do good deeds in the land of Israel, so that is going to have a positive impact on the entire world. Now, let's come back to Abraham. What did Abraham want to accomplish? Abraham realized, Avram Avinu, he realized that the purpose of the world, that God created the world in order to do good to the world, in order to bring down his goodness into the world. Now he also knew that in order for that goodness to be brought down, the more human beings, the more people are involved in bringing goodness into the world, the more God shows his goodness in the world, the more kindness we perform, the more God sends his kindness down into the world. In essence, the human being has the opportunity to become a partner with God, to become a vessel to bring down that goodness into the world. Now when Avram Avinu, when our forefather Abraham was involved in doing kindness, I am sure that he was putting in his greatest efforts, he was expending every single ounce of his strength to bring others to God, to bring others to kindness, to make others see the greatness of God. However, what he didn't realize was that he could not possibly accomplish his goal completely until he came to the land of Israel.
Because only in the land of Israel, if he would do the same exact actions, if he would go around and bring people close to God, if he would go and try his best to bring God's kindness down into the world, to be a vessel for God's kindness, only in the land of Israel could his efforts have a global impact. That's why the Torah, when it's beginning the story of Abraham, it begins the story of Abraham not from his small beginnings, but from the moment in time when God spoke to him and God said to him, "This, all these efforts that you're doing, they're unbelievable, they're beautiful, they're gorgeous. Now let's move them to the right place, to that place where your actions will have the most impact, to that place when you go to the land of Israel, all the kindness that you do, all of the Kiruv, all of the outreach that you're going to do to bring people close to God is going to not just impact on your immediate surroundings, but it's actually going to expand your circle of influence such that you are affecting the entire world. With this understanding, now we can explain why was it that God added the letter Hey to Avram's name and the letter Hey to Sarai's name. And the hint has to do with the fact that before his name was Avram. What does Avram mean? It means Av Aram. He was the father. He was a great leader in the land of Aram. But he was limited. He was only a leader in the land of Aram, in that place where he was. However, he needed to expand his circle of influence. And once he went to Israel, he became Avraham. What's Avraham? Av Hamon Goyim. He became the father of many nations. And the fact is that most of the, the world today is descended from Abraham. All of the Arabs, they come from Ishmael, they came from Abraham. All of the Western world, comes from Edom, comes from his grandson, Esav, and much of the Eastern world also comes from his children that he had with his wife Keturah, who he sent off to the East. All of this only became possible once he recognized God's command to him, which was, don't limit yourself. Don't think that your circle of influence has to remain small. You've accomplished much. You've accomplished a great amount. But your life begins here. Your life begins when you move to Israel and you realize that you can have a global impact. You can have an impact on the entire world. Then you become an Av Hamon Goyim. And Sarah also it was his partner in crime, so to speak. Sarah Imenu, she was his partner. And, and she was also, Avram Avinu, he was being Makariv, he was doing outreach for the men, and Sarah was doing outreach for the women. And her name also changed from Sarai, which means my princess, to Sarah, which means she is the princess over all. And the idea here is that she also accomplished coming along with Abraham, learning from Abraham, also doing outreach for those women. She also accomplished what he accomplished, and that was instead of being a limited human being, a limited person, only limiting herself to outreach in that small place called Aram, she now became a world-class individual. She and Abraham together would be the parents of the people of Israel who would have an impact on the entire world, who would affect morality for all generations after down to this very day. Now what this teaches us is that we have to know ourselves, we have to realize ourselves that we have opportunities. We don't even realize how many opportunities that we have. But we have opportunities to make a Kiddush Hashem, to show people the light of Hashem, to, lo to show people, to connect people to spirituality. It may be a friend, it may be an associate, it may be a brother, maybe a sister, maybe a parent, it may be a child. But we limit ourselves and we think, you know, this is nice for me, but I don't know if they're going to be so interested in this. I don't know. But the truth is that you never know. Because the truth is you could give someone, you say, give someone a link to a, to a weekly parsha of our Torah, like this parsha of our Torah. And it doesn't have to be money, it could be anything. You could send someone to simpletoremember.com, which is a wonderful resource for Divrei Torah, for words of Torah. We don't have to limit ourselves. We don't have to think small. 
We don't need, you know, we're not like Abraham. We're not going to have that revelation from God where God is going to say, Lech Lecha, go out to Israel, go out and spread the word of God. We may not have that revelation, but the truth is that each and every one of us has a lesson from Abraham. We learn from Abraham and from Sarah that they had that ability. They started it. They started going out. They started doing what needed to be done. And God helped them further. God appeared to them and God guided them. And each one of us in our own lives has the ability to start somewhere and then to allow God to guide us further. You know, if you're a student, you could be somebody who makes a little chabura, a little group of people for five minutes or ten minutes a day or maybe even a week that you get together and you talk about God and your relationship with God. It doesn't have to be something which is a tremendous commitment. But when you make a small step and you take that small step, God will guide you further. and You'll be able to bring down God's light to the world. And what you'll also find is that the more you give it over to someone else, the more kindness you do to someone else, the more you become a vessel for God's light and the more you're going to shine as well. I want to bless you and me and all of us that we should all merit to constantly be shining with the light of God, to constantly be able to give over to others what we ourselves know as well, and that we should all merit very soon, speedily, and in our days that day, when every single human being on the world will know from the greatest of them to the least of them. Thank you so much for listening and have a great Shabbos.